Ladies and gentlemen, recording from Title One Studio in Sunny, Utah, you are listening to Keeping It Real, a series highlighting real people, real stories, and real professionals in the Utah real estate market. I'm Vivian Cáceres. And I'm Andres Lagunes. We're shattering the illusions and bringing you unfiltered, authentic conversations that'll leave you inspired and ready to accomplish your real estate dreams. If the thought of buying has been buzzing in your head, whether it's snagging your first place, leveling up to a swankier space, or finding a snug, easy-to-manage spot after the kids have flown the coop, then get comfy, grab a snack, and listen carefully, because this episode's crafted especially for you. Spot on, Andres. If you're stepping onto the property ladder, Mike Tavla of Security Home Mortgage is the amazing guy that you have been searching for. This loan officer doesn't just understand the ins and outs of attaining home ownership. He transformed them into a clear, seamless journey, unlocking the gates to your American dream. Mike is the guru to dissolve your uncertainties and give you options to make wise, knowledgeable choices in your home buying journey. So to get the ball rolling, Mike, could you share some insights in the opportunities available for aspiring homeowners in today's market? The first thing I want to address is fear. And I think the that fear comes from a lot of sources, but we hear things, right? We've got friends and family and the media and the news that we're watching. And there's this idea that buying real estate right now may be a bad idea. So I want to address that simply because I do believe that there are some great opportunities right now to buy real estate. And so we'll talk about that a little bit. But one of the big things that's stopping people is the fear. Oh, interest rates are too high, right? That's the big 600 pound gorilla in the room. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about some of these opportunities that are out there today. First of all, I believe that doing things or something that everybody else is doing doesn't always make sense. So if you look at the masses and that all the masses are out buying a certain stock or they're out trending in a certain way, doing, following the trends in a certain way, when we look at business, that doesn't always make sense. If everybody's doing it, that means that there may not be as much opportunity. If we look backward two or three years ago, Everybody was trying to buy a house. And what did that mean? Everybody was overpaying for those homes. That's what happens when so many people want it. You look now and people are a little bit shy about buying houses. And that has created opportunities specifically. Housing prices are lower right now than they have been for the last couple of years. They, they have dropped in an opportunity uh, moment. But what about that interest rate? What happens in a year from now when interest rates do come down and you're ready to buy? Everybody else is going to want to buy and we'll be back in that same market that we were in a couple of years ago. But if you buy today, instead of waiting a year from now when everybody else is going to buy, what you'll be doing a year from now is refinancing that property that you bought on, on sale at a deal. You bought that property at a deal. You'll be refinancing what everybody else is out there trying to buy at the ridiculous prices that we will see again in the future. So that's that from my perspective, that's the opportunity that we are facing. So you'll say that's a good strategy for potential buyers um, right now on this market. I think so. Now, it, there's dozens of different loan programs out there and there's ways to do this. There's tricks. Can you buy a, a new construction home and get some of the builder incentives? Can you find a house that's a fixer upper and use a renovation loan? 
to buy that house and to fix it up at the same time with just a 5% down payment. We offer a program like that. So there are ways to finance these deals that will help them make sense. And then a year or two from now, interest rates will come down and you lower your you lower that interest rate and get a much better monthly payment. The important thing is you do have to be comfortable with that payment today because mm -hmm. you're going to be stuck with that payment for a year or two. There are temporary buy-downs that are also available right now. These temporary buy-downs can be paid by the seller. A lot of sellers are willing to do these seller concessions and help pay to lower your interest rate temporarily for a couple of years. And then you so you'll have that lower monthly payment um, anyway. Right now, you don't have to wait for it. Uh, and like I said, a lot of sellers are out there that are offering this and some of them don't even know about it. Some of the sellers don't know about it. So with a good realtor, you can go and approach that seller and say, hey, would you be willing to fund a temporary buy down? This is how much it's going to cost. My lender gave me the number, right? And, and this is how much it's going to cost. So those opportunities also exist out there. That's great. I, I like how you brought up the pricing on a house right now is a lot different than how it was when everyone was buying. Have you seen the value of the home even higher than what people expected right now versus what it's being sold at? That's a good question. The short answer is not really. Mm. Most of the time, I would say 90 plus percent of the time, you go under contract for $400,000 we show that contract to the appraiser and the appraiser appraises the house at $400,000. That's pretty common. Every now and then we'll go a little higher. I've got one right now that went a little higher by $6,000. It was a $695 purchase price and the appraiser came back at $701. So we're not seeing way above anything like that. We're also not seeing below, which is good. The appraisers are really appraising those houses right at what the asking price is at least 90% of the time. It, it's been a while since we've had any appraisal issues come back and having to renegotiate prices because the appraisers are appraising houses low. But what we are seeing is we're seeing houses where, where and this is the hard thing, right? If I owned a house that I bought two or three years ago or four years ago, and I went through that huge inflation of prices and I'm like, oh yes, I've got $250,000 of equity in my house now. And then now I'm going to go sell it. A lot of adjustment, mental adjustment has had to happen for those sellers because the, they rode this wave of increased appreciation and equity in their home. And then when they go to the sell, they think my house should sell for that very highest amount that my equity went up to. When in reality, um, we went through a little bit of a depression after that. Housing prices dropped some. And so it took a little mental adjustment for some of these sellers to go, oh, my house is no longer worth 500000 It's now worth four sixty, and I need to adjust. So we would see a lot of sellers price too high and houses would sit there. Realtors have been able to educate their clients and let them really understand that the market isn't where it was and we dropped some. That also makes this a great time to buy, like I said before because housing prices are a little bit lower than they were, that's when you want to buy. There's this old expression in real estate where we say, you marry the purchase price and you date the interest rate. And what that really means is, when you buy that house at $400,000, that's the purchase price. That's never going to change. You are always going to have a loan at that amount that you're going to be paying on for the next 30 years. But the interest rate, 
that is going to change many times, hopefully for you as you own this house. You might even refinance three or four times over the years. I have a house that I've owned for seven years. I've refinanced it three. And luckily, I'm one of those guys that has the 2.5 interest rate. But I refinanced it three times to get it down to there. And I love my interest rate. That is what we call dating the interest rate. That's going to change. So we were talking about sellers, right? And getting them adjusted to the new market. So how might seller concessions provide more loan flexibility and options for prospective buyers? Love it. Let's talk about the seller concessions. First of all, let's give a definition of a seller concession. This is basically a seller that says, I will help pay for your closing costs. That's it. Now, closing costs are a wide, it can be a small number or it can be a very big number, just really depending on what you want to do with the loan. There are some basic closing costs that have to be covered, appraisal fee, title fee, the lender fee, there's some of these fees, and that might be four or 5,000 bucks. But then on top of that, we have seen some sellers that are willing to contribute to help these buyers out in a few different ways. One would be buying down that per, that interest rate permanently. So you can pay a little more in um, upfront fees at closing and you get a lower interest rate permanently for the life of the loan. There's a few schools of thought on there. Do I want to buy it down permanently? If you're going to refinance the house in a year or two, that permanent buy down, you won't maybe get enough traction out of that, right? If you're going to buy the interest rate down permanently, you need to be able to sit on that monthly payment for several years before you really get the value out of it. A temporary buy down is actually usually a bigger number. So your monthly payment goes down a lot more with the temporary buy down by like double or triple in some cases. And but it's temporary. It's only going to last for a couple of years. Ideally, it lasts long enough for you to refinance the house. Exactly. So, like, let's say in today's market, if we do a buy down, what's the average monthly payment? On a buy down? Mm -hmm. Let's give an example, a specific example. If I were to buy a, a house that had a monthly payment of $4,000 a month, and I did a 2-1 buy down, which means the first year, that monthly payment would be about $3,200, $3,300. So it's a seven to $800 reduction for that first year. The second year, that usually gets cut in half. So you're around $3,600 in the second year. And then in the third year, it returns to the $4,000. Now, ideally, interest rates have come down and you've refinanced by that point. And now you are maybe at a more permanent, lower rate that has a monthly payment of maybe 32, 33, 3400. Right. When I hear you saying these, we're all the young generation, right? And a lot of our generations don't even think about buying a home because of the fear that you were talking at the first mm -hmm. time. So now that I'm thinking, okay, a monthly payment of 3000 or 2000 with a buy down is a lot better than 4000. Now I'm saying, okay, wait a minute, maybe I can do this. You know what I mean? I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. really, I think the opposite of fear or what we use to combat fear is education. There is a solution for a lot of the fear out there. Fear is caused by something. Is it the high interest rates? Is it the high monthly payment? Is it I don't have enough down payment? Is it that all of these questions that go on in a buyer's mind? But answering those questions and providing uh, solutions to those can help combat that fear and and help you feel more comfortable with the decision that you're trying to make. Yeah, to add to that, I feel like the keyword here in some of the questions we've asked and what you've expressed is having a strategy. 
I feel like a lot of people on the younger side as well, they're going to say, why do I want to go buy a house right now at 7% interest rate when a buddy of mine or a family member of mine got it at a lot less than that? How's that going to make me look? But you have to think about there's a strategy behind it. Get into a house now, but the opportunities later could yeah. be a lot bigger for me than they could be for other people. You triggered a thought in my mind that I want to address. A lot of people are trying to choose between paying a rental. They're renting a property at 2200 bucks a month. And if they want to go buy that same type of property with the same more or less living conditions that they're in, they're going to pay $3,000 a month. That's a $800 a month increase. And that absolutely freaks people out. I get mm -hmm. it. It's difficult. One of the cool things that I love about real estate is, and I'll just use a personal, a personal experience of mine. My wife and I in 2016 wanted to buy a house and we looked around and everything that we were looking at, we thought it was expensive to buy in 2016, right? Everybody today is like, oh man, it's really expensive to buy. In 2016, I thought the same thing. It was the exact same feeling. So we finally found a house at, uh, that was going to be a 475000 purchase price. And it was at the absolute top of what we could afford. The monthly payment on that, what, and this is going to sound great, right? It was 2600 bucks, But at that point in yeah. our lives, that and was a tough payment. that time also was a lot of money. Yeah. Now, fast forward to today. I still own that house. I've, I've turned it into a rental property, by the way. But I still own so that house. that's your rental. That's okay. my rental. That's your rental. Awesome. Right before, right during like in 20, 2021, 2022, I had two neighbors on my street in my cul-de-sac that sold their houses for $920,000 and $970,000. So after just six or seven years, my home had appreciated by four to $500,000. So when I think about buying real estate, I'm not just thinking about my monthly payment is going to be $800 higher. I'm thinking about the wealth that I am building by owning real estate. And the longer I own it, the more wealth I build. I think that goes along with educating yourself as well. So real estate, what I love about real estate is that the more you learn, you open your eyes to all the options and possibilities. I know that you as a loan officer, and we go to the same BNI chapter, you're big on educating other people. I just wanted to touch that a little bit because... I can see how passionate you are about educating people because you did the same thing. Um, so tell me about the classes that yeah. you do and how you do it and why you do it. Here's the cool thing. I told you about that really cool experience that I just had where I now have a house that's doubled in value yeah. in seven years, six, seven years. That was not the only experience that I've had with owning real estate. I bought a house in 2007 and another house in 2006. So with the one in 2006, I was using as a rental property and the one in 2007 I was living in. And then I, that, this was in Georgia and I decided in 2011 that I wanted to move out to Utah. Now, if anybody lived during that time, you know that if I bought those houses in 2006 and seven, I bought at the absolute peak of the market during that time. And when I moved to Utah, I sold both of those properties in 2011 and I lost 
uh, a lot of money. A lot of my, the equity on both of those houses had gone down. And to be quite honest, I wish I was not in real estate at the time, but I wish my real estate agent or my lender or anybody, somebody had said, there's another option for you than taking a bath on both of these houses. Mm-hmm. But nobody did. Nobody gave me that education. So the reason I'm so passionate about it is because I went through that and I suffered thousands and thousands of dollars of losses on these two properties. And my credit took a hit because one of them, the only way I could get out of it was a short sale. Mm-hmm. It was that bad. Mm-hmm. And fast forward to today, there's a couple things that I do. I have two classes that I teach to potential home buyers. One of them is for those that own a house and want to learn how to invest in real estate. And I talk about the ins and outs, how you make money and how you protect yourself from the potential risks associated with it. Owning real estate is not risk-free, and I do not want anybody to believe that it is. We talked about fear. There are some legitimate things that you need to be worried about and protect yourself against. The other class that I teach is just, it's called Building Wealth Through Real Estate, and this is for somebody who doesn't own a house. So we go through ways you can buy real estate, including no money down loans. There's a few of those options out there that can be really good for getting you into your first house. So no money down loans. I like to educate people about that. Those that do want to make a down payment, that's great. Those that want to take advantage of the renovation loan, we talk about that. Those that may eventually ultimately want to use this as their stepping stone to turn into investment properties. So we go through all of that in that class. It's pretty cool. You do them online, right? I do them on Zoom. They're 45 minutes and I do them, I do two of them a month, every month. So everyone that is listening at this podcast and are you only licensed here in Utah? I'm currently licensed in Utah, Idaho, California, and Colorado. So if they're listening in us in other states, I've been to one of those classes. They're pretty cool. One other thing that I do, that is uh, that class. It's a small class, by the way. I, I like to have three or four or five people maybe on there. And so we can get a little bit uh, yeah. personal into their situations if they want to talk about it. It's an interchange, right? I'm not just dumping information on them. I'm asking questions. And people you, are you get a lot of questions, feedback, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, it, at the point where somebody wants to engage with me on a one-to-one basis, I do a personal Zoom call with them. And I like to look at their situation and go through everything. And I will spend an hour on the phone with somebody or on a zoom call, whatever form you're comfortable with. And I'll spend an hour going over your exact situation and looking for solutions that solves your problem. Just to give you an example, I had a client come to me and say, I'm new. I've got my business. I write everything off. Anybody out there that's a business owner knows that as a business owner, you write everything off. I'm looking for a solution here. And, and so we considered a few different options. At the end of the day, we were looking at a bank statement loan that was going to be a 20% down payment. That's pretty hard to do mm-hmm. a lot of times. We were a, under contract right now for, I mentioned a renovation loan mm. that is 5% down. She's going to get the house and immediately have the money from the loan to fix up the house. And her total out of pocket on this is 5%. There you go. And and they are so excited about this, right? And I'm not saying there's always this awesome solution for everything. I I do tell a lot of people no, unfortunately. I wish I could say yes to everybody. It's just... The nature of the business. It's the nature of the business. Thank you. That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure you probably get a lot of questions specifically around the types of programs that you see Uh in the loan game. So 
let's first discuss Utah housing. Can you elaborate on that new construction loan? That seems to be what everyone is talking about. How, how does it work and buyers, how do they benefit from it? So Utah housing, by the way, if you're listening from another state, it's only available in Utah, but most states have their own version of it. Idaho has an Idaho housing, right? <laughs> but each program is a little different. So the Utah housing program is really two loans at its core. That's the the basic structure of it is two loans. Um, the first loan pays for 96.5% of the purchase. The second loan pays for that remaining 3.5% and some additional closing costs on top of that. Now, last July, a few months ago, there was a new program that came out, this new construction loan. It's not even the right word, and grant isn't even the right word. Mm -hmm. This is some hybrid between a loan and a grant. But it's if you buy a new construction home that is $450,000 or less, and you've been a resident of Utah for 12 months, and you're a first-time homebuyer, these are the keys to it, then you can take funds from this grant fund. They've got $25 million available. They'll distribute this money until it's all gone. Mm -hmm. uh, $20,000 is the maximum you can take out, and you can use that however you want. And you can even take that $20,000 and add it to that second loan that I already told you about that pays the down payment. So you could use that $20,000 to buy your interest rate down. We have people right now that are using this program. In fact, I just closed on one two weeks ago, and she used a program just like this from Utah Housing, and she did get a second loan. Everybody knows what interest rates are yeah. today, right? Mm -hmm. Her interest rate is 5.875. That's the interest rate she got. That's amazing. And it was all paid for from this program. Now, we can't do that in every case, right? She did have a new construction home. She was also a police officer. Mm -hmm. So there were some benefits. We ended up using the police officer grant instead of the 20000 We could have used either one. Right. But the police officer grant had a few other little bells and whistles that we really liked. Right. So we went that way with I it. I love that. But yeah, it's really cool. Below 6%, that's how you do it with the Utah housing. And before, everybody looked at these Utah housing. Oh, it's so expensive. I'd rather just yeah. save my down payment up. Now they've got some really cool options in the Utah housing. You're very passionate. Getting me excited about this. Now I want to buy a home. So, there we go. Because you have so many options, how, do you, how can you tell which one is the best interest yeah. for your client? This is interesting. I go through a little process, a questioning process with my clients. I start at, where are you looking to buy? What's your monthly payment going to be like? And, and I move down this list that I have of questions. To go back to that loan that I told you with the renovation, that was not the first loan that I was thinking of for them. And they said, we're worried about passing the appraisal because it needs a new roof. The handrail inside, there's a banister inside that's falling apart on this house and it needs to be replaced. What do we do with this appraisal? And at that point, I was like, let's look at a renovation loan. So during this process, I'm looking for just little clues uh, into people's situation through this question and answer. And I want to point this out because this happens so often. Many people don't want to talk to a guy like me because they're afraid they're going to get sold mm -hmm. something. Nobody likes to be sold. And I get it. We don't want to be sold. We want to be buyers, but we don't want to be sold to. So what do you do? You go online and you Google and you try and find all the answers to your questions. And you might do this and it will uh, take 
weeks and weeks of research and you still don't find the solution to what you're looking for. Yeah. When you sit with somebody, an expert in the industry, and you go through this question and answer process, you're going to eliminate a lot of this other stuff that you shouldn't even be looking at because it's not the best fit for your situation. Mm -hmm. So that's where having an expert, a loan officer to help you through this makes sense. The online, you can get some answers that way, but it's really difficult to navigate. I agree with you on that. I think an expert definitely makes a huge difference in anything you're trying to accomplish throughout your life, especially when it comes to applying for a loan, purchasing a home, so forth and so on. You mentioned that this client that you were helping, they ended up going with the police grant. Yeah. And you say that there's just a few more bells and whistles. Tell me more. You want to know about that? Yeah, I want to know about that, those bells and whistles, because that sounds Here's the cool thing about the police grant. This person, this client was not a first-time homebuyer. That new construction program requires first-time homebuyers. So does the police grant. But there's a little clause in the police grant that says, if you're a single mom or a single dad raising a child, you're considered a first-time homebuyer. Oh, wow. So I, that okay. program, I boom, didn't know that. went right there in there, know. right? Wow. The other thing that's cool about it is the interest rate on the first mortgage is set by Utah Housing. Right now, for this particular loan, I can't remember, it was like 6.875 or it might have been a 7.25. The second loan is even higher. Mm -hmm. It goes all the way up to 8% is what it does. On the police officer grant, it goes down to 4%. That second loan wow. has a big reduction down to 4%. Mm -hmm. So her first loan was a 5.875 and her second loan was a 4%, making her overall monthly payment much less. Now you've got to be active duty. There's a few rules with the police officer grant that, that you've got to satisfy, but and I won't go through all of that, yeah. but <laughs> those are the cool things about the loan. And that's why ultimately we went that way with that wow. instead of the new construction. That's some great stuff. I love that. That's so cool. Would you say that police officers or just law enforcement should be maybe a focus on a, a real estate professional's marketing strategy? Yeah, it's funny because when this grant came out, it came out last year in 2022, around June or July. I don't remember the exact month. And everybody who was anybody was every real estate professional, loan officer, was everybody was knocking on the door of the police stations going, hey, we've got this grant. And um, I went and talked to some of these people that were police officers. And they said, yeah, we had five, six, seven people c come in and tell us about this grant. Very few, just to be completely honest, this grant, only there was only, I want to say, 300 of these grants available. And in one year, only 100 of them have been used. Wow. wow there's still a lot left, but they were not used very much. Again, the way the grants work, you've got to, uh, the first people that come and get them, that's who they're available to. Once they're gone, they're they gone. go away. But I and, feel like you really need to know the product in mm -hmm. order to help them. I didn't know if you're like a single mom or dad, you actually qualify as a first-time buyer. Right. How do you educate yourself? So that's a great question <laughs> yeah. because I knew of the grant. I did not know all the rules. <laughs> so she's a police officer. And I'm like, let's go look at the police officer grant. So I jumped in there and there was a two page thing that Utah housing has that I can access because I'm a lender. I just went into the two page and I read through all the rules. And there it was. If you're, you, you get 4% for the second. If you're a single mom, you get this benefit. And I'm like, great. And 
it it worked exactly like that piece of paper. So there's a lot of main rules that already a lender needs to know about the Utah Housing Program. These are just a few extra rules, and there's not a lot. There's just a few extra that they added on, and I read through and made sure she everything worked for her, and it did. It doesn't work that way for everybody, but that's actually the first grant that I have done for a police officer. Good job. Wow. Yeah. And it, but it went super smooth. There was no that's problems. So cool. it, it was just a really good program. Yeah. No, I, and that's I can the tell. The favorite grant that I have done, it was that one because it's such a good way to give back to police officers. Mm -hmm. That's great. I like that. That was a great story. And that information I think is very crucial for anyone in, in law enforcement. And if you fit that criteria, then you have a huge possibility of being able to save tons of money. And with this show being called Keeping It Real, yeah. a question that we'd like to ask here is with all of your experience, your knowledge, your professionalism, why should someone work with you? Work with me over another lender? Yes. Yeah, this is like an ego question, right? It feels like now I have to like brag about myself or just to be completely honest i have been in the industry since 2020 that's when i started so three and a half years going on yeah going on four years here one might think not that much experience i also after about a year i led a team of loan officers wow so i was working on my own loans and I'm helping all of my team work on their loans. There were so many loans during this time period. Everybody knows everybody was refinancing or buying during that time. Yeah. So there was a lot of business, uh, hundreds and hundreds of loans that I worked on during that time period. I gained more experience during that three years than an average loan officer might during a 10-year period because of how many loans were coming in and the fact that I was helping all of my team with their loans as well because that everybody has questions, right? Mm -hmm. Loans are complicated. There's a lot of moving parts as we've sat here and talked. Oh, I didn't know about that. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's so much of that in loans. And then I've got my lifeline that I go to my branch manager, who's been a loan officer for 23 years. And that's where I go when I have questions and we have internal underwriters, which is pretty cool because if I'm not sure if somebody's situation is going to work, all I have to do is send an email over to my underwriter and say, hey, this person's got this situation. Will this work? And I can find out ahead of time, not when you're a week or two before closing, trying to figure out if you're going to be able to buy this house. Mm -hmm. So I'm very resourceful in what I do. And I have a lot of resources available to me if I don't have the answer to it. And that's one of the cool things about uh, working in the security home mortgage where I work is that we all work together on everything and we collaborate and we have a loan review time where we'll sit there and talk about a tough loan so everybody can learn about the process that went through and so that we can, at the end of the day, offer the best experience that we possibly can to our clients. I have close with Mike and I can say as a title company, it's really hard to find a company and security mortgage is really awesome. Uh, organizing everything i always get dogs on time it's really smooth your whole team is on top of everything we got this crazy deal once remember it was just a refinance but two of them were in california we needed to did off and your assistant was just amazing she was on top of everything following up i'm like okay 
this is actually fun. When I have a lender that actually works really well with a title company, that's really hard to find on my side of the transaction. So thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's great. Mikey, you dropped a ton of some major real estate knowledge bombs on us in this episode. And so those key opportunities that we heard are game changing, I think, for anyone considering a dive into real estate and in the housing market. That's right. So if you're buying a home or if you're thinking about buying a home, consider Mike Tavla as your loan officer. You can give him a call at 801-427-1722, 801-427-1722. Mike is your key and you can call him anytime. If you want to go to one of his online classes, text him, call him. He's always available and he always answers the phone. If he doesn't answer, I promise he'll text you back. He's really good at communicating. He's your guy. Just a reminder to all you listeners, you get to choose your title company. And there's a reason why there's a one in our title. <laughs>